Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and this is a special and rather unique episode of My Time Capsule. This is a recording made during our My Time Capsule Christmas party, where we invited listeners to our bonus podcast, which goes out every week as part of the Acast Plus subscription, to join us on Zoom, armed with a drink and one thing they would like to put in a Christmas time capsule from their lives. Sounds like a recipe for disaster, doesn't it? Well, some of them accepted our invitation, and actually, it turned out to be a really lovely evening. So we decided, with the participants' permission, to let you join the party as well. Here are Rob Sadler, Sarah Pettigree, Andre Barron, Fred Goff, Kev Smith, Justin Moores, Darren Fewins, Graham Cardy, Lorna Symes, Adam Henley, Matt Betts and Kaushi telling me and my son and producer John the thing they'd want in a Christmas time capsule. Perhaps when you've heard it, you'll want to join the gang by subscribing to Acast Plus. If you do, details of how to are in the description of this episode. Anyway, on with the party. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> how are you doing? There are actually people here. How exciting. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. You're, You're early. Me and John were going to come on and we'll just, you know, we'll have a little chat, me and John, before everybody joins us. <laughs> and there you all are. You over keen lot. I love them. <laughs> so who have we got? Thanks for the invite. You're very welcome. We've got Rob. Yep. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Andre. Hi. Hi, Andre. How nice to see you. Thank you. And John's here. And lovely Fred. How, Fred, how long have you been waiting? Uh, about half an hour. Oh, no. <laughs> very keen. <laughs> Unbelievably keen. <laughs> John's got some ideas about what we're going to do. But uh, I think maybe we should wait and see if everybody... We'll wait, yeah. We've still got yeah. five minutes till people may still come. And then even after then, people may still turn up. We'll see. But yeah, we've got some things to try and help us stay organised rather than just <laughs> a complete and utter chaos of everybody talking over each other, which may be fun as well. I love the effort that the Fenton Stevens have put into this. Thank yeah, you. Jacket. Yeah. 
jacket. Hat. Thank you very much. Yeah. Look, and here, there's some style. I've got a chai. I've got a chai that goes with it. But I thought, I can't know. This is, we're going casual. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Who's joining? Kev, there you are. Kev. Hi, mate. How are you? Hello, how are you? Nice to see you. Good man. You in Ireland? I uh, know I'm just home about a couple of hours. Ah, yeah, of course you said, if the flight works. That, that's yeah. right, yes. Yeah, happy yeah. days it was. It was on time. Isn't it extraordinary, this, don't you think? I think it's extraordinary that through doing a podcast, we've developed this sort of community where I know what people are doing yeah. and they know what <laughs> I'm doing. The non-spooky way. Yeah, is, is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Why not? I think as long as we all, you know, which seems to be the case, as long as we all look out for each other. Yeah. No, if everybody's pleasant to each other, which people are. Oh. I love I love watching I think John and I were talking about this on the debrief the other day. About I love that fact that you see comments between somebody you know who's following it and is on ACAS Plus, and then other people will say, Oh, have a nice time. Oh, thanks very much. How long are you staying there for? And a conversation springs mm-hmm. up on Twitter between people. It's quite extraordinary. Mm. I think it's lovely. Mm. Hi, John. How's it going? Hi, yeah, I'm all right. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, good to see you. Merry Christmas. And yourself. And yourself. <laughs> we ought to say hello to people. Say hello to Justin. Hiya. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. Nice to see you. And Justin you? and I met, we met up in Tunbridge Wells a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We did, yeah. It was lovely. We had a nice coffee together. Indeed. Looking very well. And and Darren, there you are. Hello. Am I here? Yeah. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. There oh, you I'm are. Here, hello. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And Graham as well. And Graham's here? Oh, this is what a party this is turning into. <laughs> We'll, we'll be better next year. <laughs> well, next year. I know what we're doing. We'll hire a hall, I think, is the answer. Well, we the other day we went to the Acast Christmas party that they put up for all their podcasters and producers and things. And I was speaking to someone there and I said, oh, we're going to be doing this Zoom party with some of our listeners. And they were like, oh, brilliant. I said, next year, do it here. If you want, other podcasters do it here. So they said we could use their space. Really? Have a party, yeah. So maybe next year. Although it's in London. I mean, people might have to travel quite a way to get there. Yeah, that's a bit mad, isn't it? I I never leave Norfolk. No. No, quite. right. The parish, in fact. I never leave the parish. Yes. And in fact, I've heard that Norfolk never leaves you. (laughs) (laughs) So true. You can rip the girl out of Norfolk, but you can't rip Norfolk out of the girl. (laughs) So, um, what we thought we'd try and do... Hang on, we still have people joining. Do we? It's not... Surely not. Jump the gun. <laughs> we do. There's someone... The name is Kaushi. There you are. There's there's Kaushi. How are you? All right. Yeah, good. Can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can. It's all working rather well, actually. So, is everybody well and Christmassy and feeling good? Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else brought drinks? It's not, it's not me first today, that's for sure. <laughs> <It's been> not... <laughs> oh, very good. Well, first of all, we have to say thank you very much for giving us £35.88 a year. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, you you laugh, but... Um... You're so welcome. Hello, Norma. Hi. Hi, yeah. You laugh, but... Uh... To a large extent, podcasts, unless they're absolutely huge, they generate some income, but not a massive amount of, of income. We're not going to get rich doing this. And it really is lovely to have that that bedrock of knowledge that you've got just this little bit coming in, particularly for John, who this is his work. Me, yeah. I, I am a, a philanthropic millionaire, as everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> if only. 
But I think we can do it. I think we can do it. And I think we can also show the thing that we've always believed, John and I, right from the start, that this thing should work for anybody. When I spoke to John, I thought I knew what the answers would be. But none of them were the answers I thought they would be. And he's purportedly my son. <laughs> Although, look at him. Don't look anything like you. <laughs> he looks nothing like me. Lucky boy, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've just recorded my Christmas one this evening as well. Because I was a guest this year, I get to go on the Christmas episode special. So we've done one of them just to fill it out a bit. Well, it, it might not make it in. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Editorial. <laughs> He's the editor. That's the problem. Yeah. It's my jokes that get cut out. Is that a bad thing, though? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? I always listen to the end of the episode. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. How many yeah, people so do that? Do How many people stay with it? Yeah. 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 Always. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you're, you're dedicated. No, that's because, as you say, we must be stupid or something. <laughs> it's a sort of a challenge to people, don't you think, that, that in fact what you're saying to people is I know some people do but surely most people go I've heard the podcast let's move on no, you know. never <laughs> never <laughs> I like the change of pace so because sometimes they get quite intense and then the pace changes and you rabbit on a bit and, <laughs> and it kind of releases the thing I quite like it oh that's good yeah let it go or sings as a song as well at the end, or you'll <laughs> sing a song, or you'll do something, and if, if the episode has, think well, and then it's a good ending. Yeah, I had that email jingle in my head for days, Mike. Oh, yeah. I was cursing <laughs> you for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I think we all know that address now. <laughs> uh, how funny. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you will have come along armed with something you'd like to put into a Christmas time capsule. Yeah, that's the idea. I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what people have chosen. Should we start them? Yeah, let's do it. How exciting! Okay, well, first up is Rob. Ah, okay. If you're happy to go first, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, fine, absolutely. Um, mine's a pretty quick one. It's a Christmas birthday because I'm born on Christmas Day. So, oh, oh happy birthday! Oh. <laughs> Me too. That was mine. <laughs> you too, as well. well. Two of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd like to put it in the time capsule, and I'd also like to sort of get rid of it as well because I'm from a Yorkshire family. Very often, I only got one present. <laughs> Obviously, loads of kids have birthday parties for other children. Obviously, never see them at Christmas. So uh, that's always been a bit of a weird one. But it does make Christmas extra special. So that's the one thing I do really like about it. Do they not give you extra special presents, though? I mean, I would feel guilty if I didn't no, give my, you a bigger my one. My parents did, but no one ah. else really did, no. no. So never mind. Did your mum ever tell you the story of the birth? Yeah, it's um, yeah. My, my father was stuck in it. He was a milkman, um, and he was stuck on the round. I think John's dad was a milkman as well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he had to walk about six miles or something from the dairy. Followed a star, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But weirdly, uh, quite a lot of my family are also born around the same time. So we're obviously very, very busy in March. <laughs> so, <laughs> my sister's born on Boxing Day. Oh, sorry, on Christmas Eve. Wow. And my grandmother was born on Christmas Day as well. Good Lord. How extraordinary. Yeah. It's like somebody had a job where they only had a couple of days off. <laughs> <laughs> it says, beware the Ides of March. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> I know. How big's your Ides? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, a happy birthday for Christmas Day. 
Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Here we go. We'll, we, let's see. It's never been done before on a on a Zoom meeting. Let's try singing. <laughs> yeah. Singing happy birthday to Rob. Here we go. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Keep going. Happy birthday, dear Rob. Dear Rob. Happy birthday to you. Yep, it doesn't Brilliant. work at all, does it? Yeah, well done. <laughs> so thank you very much. Better, you better all do it again for me now, because it's my 50th on Christmas Day. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, my word. And Rob, I thought I'd nailed this tonight, and now I've got to think of something else. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to steal the format from Saturday Kitchen and say, like, heaven and hell, you guys can choose which way it goes in the time capsule because it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> How extraordinary. Yeah, my uh, my best friend at primary school was born three hours before me. <laughs> so he was born on the same day. Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> well, one really of, strange. One of my friends uh, had two of her children on her birthday. Oh, wow. So basically, she never had a birthday again because she was organising <laughs> yeah. other people's parties. <laughs> and she had two birthdays that were completely ruined. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really ruined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's next, John? Right. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you. Uh, next, we're going to Sarah. Ah, yeah. So Christmas is a bit funny for me because we do have this kind of like mad, tense period running up to it. And so basically, you know, what I like about Christmas is that stops and we just ah. kind of calm down. But I was thinking about, you know, because there is still the magic of Christmas. And what I really like is the weekend before Christmas. And here in the village, we've got this tradition. It's it's kind of linear village, just one street, really. And uh, there's a silver band in the village, has been for, you know, 80 years or something like that. And so every Christmas we do what's called the yomp. And the silver band go up the street and kind of collect people en route and they do carols and people sing and drift off. And, and then there's mince pies and stuff in the village hall afterwards. And we're because we're quite busy in the lead up, we're generally sort of, you know, putting up our Christmas tree and things like that. So we're here in the cottage and you gradually hear the silver band coming closer and closer, you know, go out on the. We have been out with them when we've been sort of in a more organised state. But uh, you kind of hear it coming. You go out the front, you see all your neighbours. And mm. it's just kind of like one of those magical moments that kind of make living in a village special. Mm, yeah, how lovely. And it's, and, it, and it's just really randomly organised, you know, it's not sort of a big <laughs> civic thing or anything, it's just a little group of people wander up the street with some silver pl instruments they've always played, and it's just really casual and nice. How brilliant. Yeah. Where is the village? It's in North Norfolk, it's a, it's called Hindelveston. Yes, yeah, a very Yordic name. Exactly, word. yeah, yeah, very Viking-y, mm. and we're about nine miles from the coast here. We used to, when John was a little boy, John, do you remember this? We used to every year go carol seeing with an, another guest of ours, Adam Wide. And he's a fantastic man, but he organised this carol singing every year. And we would gather at his beautiful flat, looked overlooked Barnes Bridge. And then we would go out, walk across Barnes Bridge and just go up and down Barnes Road, which is, has got the most fantastically posh houses in it. And it was for charity. It yeah. was for shelter, yeah. Crisis, or crisis yeah. at Christmas. Crisis yeah. at Christmas, that's right, yeah. yeah. But we also, one of the houses, we knocked on the door, and it was Anita Dobson, <laughs> who, who eventually played my wife in The Archers. 
but she was standing there and she got very excited and went, oh, how lovely. Oh, brilliant. Oh, Brian, Brian. <laughs> Brian May came to the door. <laughs> and to his enormous credit, afterwards, she said, well, go and get some money. Give them some money. He said, I haven't got much cash. I'll, I'll go and see what I've got. And he came back out and then he gave some money to Adam. And afterwards, when we got back, Adam said, how much do you think he gave me? And I said, I don't know, 50 quid? You know, he's, he's got a bob or two. And he said, 500. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. Lovely. So, yeah, well, the, the silver bells coming and some silver trumpets and horns. There's an only fools and horses connection, actually, because yeah. in our village, Roger Lloyd Pack used to live. Did he? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. Very sad when he went. He was, he, I mean, he was part of the village, you know, it wasn't. Mm. It was great. Yes, how lovely. Let's put that in the time capsule. This is good. I mean, yeah. I'm enjoying this. Thank you. We've been joined by someone else as well. Adam Henley. Is that you? Hello, Adam. Adam. Are you there? Evening. Sorry I'm late, guys. I I had to be uh, speaking at a group elsewhere, so uh, sorry I'm late. No problem. Oh, speaking at a group elsewhere. Lovely. Well, we look forward to seeing what you're going to put in a time capsule. <laughs> Fantastic. What's next, John? Okay, thank you very much, Sarah. And we're going to move on to Andre. Okay. Uh, well, actually, following on very nicely from Sarah, I have my cornet <laughs> as my uh, my <laughs> choice uh, for the Christmas time capsule. So, obviously, playing a brass instrument, Christmas gets very busy for us, sort of caroling, where it's either going around the streets or playing in concerts. And it's something that I've done for ooh, 40 years. And it's something that I've always really enjoyed. Uh, it's looking at people's faces, the smiling and just the enjoyment that people get out of it. And something that really sort of hit me a few years ago is when we were all down in lockdown, particularly up in the northwest in Bolton, we were up on one of these higher tiers of restrictions. Mm. And it would just sort of seem like Carolyn's not going to happen this year, this Christmas. And suddenly they announced that you could actually meet with one other bubble outside of your home. And I had three friends who are all part of the same family that played a cornet, played a horn and played a tuba. So they already had the soprano, tenor and bass parts. And I said, I can put the alto part in this. Shall we go <laughs> and do something? And we formed the COVID carolers. And the whole premise of that is we went to go and collect smiles. So we went to care homes and played outside care homes just for the residents and just went around the streets just to sort of bring smiles to people's faces. And th these friends, we're all part of the same brass band, but we've continued the COVID carolers sort of since. And mm -hmm. we're doing something this Wednesday where we're raising funds for Derian House, which is a charity that helps terminally ill children and their families and provide respite and we're playing in a pub and raising funds that way. But it's it's something that's really meant a lot to me. It's something that was always part of my life. But COVID then sort of it put on a bit more of that significance. And we just we just carry on and we don't take it for granted. Mm. It's it's just just that wonderful feeling. Yeah, I bet it is. What a fantastic thing. Uh, there's nothing better, is there, that when you go shopping on a Saturday coming up to Christmas and the Sally Army are playing in the town square. It's the most fantastic sound, isn't it? Yeah. Can you play something for us now? I will do. I've got something prepared. Lovely. You might recognise some of the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, you make me you make me embarrassed by your talent. It's fabulous. I wish I played an instrument properly. You can play the guitar, can't you, John? But uh, it show off. I knew you'd mention that. <laughs> Go on and on about your own talent all the time. It drives me mad. Did you get that talent from the milkman? A master, then I think. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But thank you, Andre. That was wonderful. And we're going to move on to Fred. Okay, so I suppose mine is quite simple. It's the feeling and sort of deliberation of sending Christmas cards. Every year I make a big effort to send quite a big number. I've sent about 28 this year um, across the whole country, mostly to people that I've met through online and that sort of thing, because most of my friendships before I was mid-twenties, you know, generated from social media and that sort of thing. I was quite an isolated person towards mid-twenties until I found my own feet and my own tribe of people that I wanted to spend time with. And obviously, you know, I want to always acknowledge thanks that people have given me their time, their patience, their friendship and, you know, love. And it's just nice to know that I can reach out to them, give them a personal note. <laughs> say thank you <laughs> yeah and you don't just write a you don't just write a simple no. card and i know from personal experience because i'm <laughs> delighted to say that you sent one to yeah. me so I, I, I was really moved by it fred i think it's a really lovely thing that you do but actually you write a full letter almost yeah in the card don't you yeah i do it for everyone um just to say thanks you know hope that christmas period is a healthy one for them and that sort of thing rather than people just getting sort of depressed and that sort of thing because the daylight not being there much and that sort of thing and it's so easy to sort of fall into a slum so it's there just to sort of say i'm still here for you you know yeah be that i want you to be part of what is to come and i hope that you know i can be there for making memories last longer <laughs> yes but I'm sure all of us have recognised the care that you take uh, on Twitter and and other things for people. How how often you you encourage people and you say to people, you know, have a nice day, just simple things, and always with those beautiful pictures. I think that actually it's what so many people on Twitter could learn from. That in fact, all you do is you just give out positivity and love. It's a it's an amazing thing that you do, Fred. We're really proud that you follow us. Well, I say it comes from you know being isolated myself I suppose and not you know I mean an only child yes I have loving parents and that sort of thing I still live with them and that sort of thing and yeah but you know I, I really struggled to find friendships and that sort of thing until I really got active into my own life and my own groove of things and you know obviously in the last 10 years you know I've gone through ups and downs but mm. actually you know I tried to sort of think well let's be positive about the relationships I've got and be supportive of those people who need it and that sort of thing. But that's exactly what I mean, Fred. You know, so many people in those situations could become bitter and uh, and angry about things. Yeah. And you've never let that happen to you. It's uh, it's it's really commendable. It's amazing. You're, you're a lovely man. And I say, I always champion people that talk about their mental health quite a lot and that sort of thing, you know, and yeah. 
you know, I always obviously look out for people and that's why I do bi-weekly a shout out or a follow Friday type thing to sort of encourage people to say, mm. these are good people to follow because they're actually looking out for the right people and that sort of thing. And, you know, they're, mm. they're, they're my tribe, not my community. I want that community spirit to ripple away, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lovely thing writing the cards, but I'd, I'd put you in the time capsule, Fred. I appreciate that. I really would. <laughs> but uh, obviously no pressure to send me one back if you don't want to. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible at sending Christmas cards. I really am. Well, as you can tell, I don't mind. I like chatting. Yeah. And so I tend to ring people up and then I chat and sort of say, how are you? Have a lovely Christmas. And in a way, it, I do it that way rather than through a card. But I... Having received yours, I can see, for one, I thought maybe, you know, cards will fade away, but it's it's a really lovely thing that you do, and it's a real treat yeah, well, to get it. So I think I will put some out this year for the first <laughs> time in a long time. Well, you're, you're always welcome to call me up on Christmas time on Zoom as well. <laughs> I, I will do that. I'll call you up on That's, Christmas Day, I promise. Yep, all right. <laughs> lovely. All right, that was fantastic. Well done, Fred. Thank you very much. That was lovely. And um, I think someone else has joined us, Matt Betts, although it looks like they're keeping very still on holiday. That's all I can see is a picture of them in front of a lake. So hopefully <laughs> your picture will come up soon, Matt. But for now, we're going to move on to Kev. How you, John? Hey. Right. Well, mine is, I sent Mike a picture of Elaine from where we was born. So it's going back to the middle 70s. And it was at the top of that lane was my granny's house. It was just a white thatched cottage. And if you've ever seen the Quiet Man film, it was just a white cottage thatched. She had 11 children in that house with one bedroom, one living room. And in the attic, they had a ladder where they built where the children could sleep. So as mum and ever, all her siblings grew up, we all moved away. But on Christmas Day, every one of her siblings come back to see me granny. So she had about 40 grandchildren. And ele- she had 11 children, 11 husbands and wives, all in the one house. And the first time I took my sister-in-law to see it, she said it was like Monty Python's meaning the life, because all of a sudden all the children come out, all the Catholic children. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, if you've ever seen the film, it was like, come in. And it was just thousands <laughs> of that. Is. So, so it's that memory of it was where my granny and granddad lived, and it just meant everything to the whole family, because it was where we all come from. So. Mm. If you've not seen the picture of the lane leading to the cottage, then go on Kev's Twitter page and have a look. It's just unbelievable. You want to instantly just walk up that lane. It's the most beautiful view. It's astonishing. So I can understand how that would draw you towards your granny's place. When I was young, my parents used to have parties in their, I suppose really, it was a sort of a front room, a back room, a small kitchen, and then two bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom. And I remember having a New Year's Eve party where the whole street came. There must have been 70 people crammed into this house. And now you'd be thinking, well, where will everybody stand? How will I possibly pass the canapes around? So those are the parties that that are fun, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, as I say, that house had no electricity. It had no running water. We had to go to the uh, fresh water stream. We didn't have water. Amazing. And then they got a generator in about 75, 76, so they'd have a bit of electricity. The toilet was a wooden shack and four planks of wood with a hole cut out in the middle and a bucket. (laughs) No, no lights. So if people had been in it before, you didn't know what was there. Or not. <laughs> so you were hoping nobody had been before he had gone. So oh. it, it, but it was where 
the home house was. It was where my granny was and her 11 children, and we all moved on from there. And once she died, it was never the same no. because the linchpin of the family had gone. So my uncle lived there then, and he's, he's changed the house now. Mm. But um, it's just that lane in that area and that time because it was magical. Uh, it sounds it. It's, it's a, a place often is the people, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had nothing, or they had nothing, but the thing is, it didn't matter. No? No. Yeah. Kev, lovely. Lovely. Let's put that beautiful memory in there. Okay, lovely. Kevin. Cheers, mate. Well done. Thank you. Okay, great. So I'm just reading, there's a direct message from Matt, whose picture's there. He's saying, I'm sorry, my children haven't quite gone to bed, so I can't come on properly, (laughs) but I'm really enjoying being here. I absolutely love my time capsule. Apologies. No apology necessary. If you can join at any point, that'd be brilliant. And we don't really mind people having their children up. They can come on. If they want to come on. Come on, bring them on. Yeah. What's next, John? We have someone who was on one of our listeners' time capsule, as was Andre, if you remember, Mm. and it's Justin. Hello. (laughs) I'm on the back foot now. I've been sat here trying to think of what the hell to say. Sorry, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. (laughs) I've thought of nothing else. I thought I've absolutely smashed this out of the park. I'm going to do this whole heaven and hell thing. You decide. No, gone. Okay, I'm going to buck the trend. Let's do something Christmassy that I don't like and I think needs to be thrown away. And you'll probably all disagree with me. Office Christmas parties. (laughs) Isn't that what this is? (laughs) This is different. This is people that you're choosing to socialise with. Ah, yes. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, I'm looking forward to... We're going into the photocopying room later, so uh, that'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Nick us a couple of highlighter pens while you're in there. (laughs) (laughs) Have you suffered a few in your time, though? Oh, God, have I ever. Yeah. I've I've managed to come up with some absolutely incredible excuses over the years as well, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I've got the next one looming this weekend, but it's, it's I don't know what it is. It, they fill me with dread and like, oh, I just, oh, no. But then once I'm there, they're generally all right, to be fair. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably the only thing I can think of. Other than the fact, oh, and I'll tell you what other thing about Christmas that I would put in, you know, to get rid of. Why does retail have to start Christmas in October? <laughs> <laughs> because it's called retail. Yeah. <laughs> if you take something lovely... Like, you know, if you if you like a nice single malt, okay, and then you keep diluting it with water, it's not a single malt anymore. It's not as special. It's not as good. Why dilute Christmas? Let's just make Christmas through December and make it special. Yeah, well, you can yeah. join with my wife, who basically thinks we should start Christmas on Christmas Eve. Yeah. She says that's when the tree should arrive, put everything up then, and that's when it starts. And up until then... She says to me, are you going to put any more lights up? And I am mad with lights. I mean, every year, mostly indoors, but actually it's become a bit competitive in my street. They're classy, they're classy, you know, but there's a lot of them. So uh, I've fallen into the trap of going, yeah, come on, let's get some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife did that the other day. We were putting up some Christmas lights outside and she said, I haven't got enough. So she went to Tesco. She came back with another three boxes for us to put up which but it does look nice it does look nice you, you, it's you have reminded her that there's an energy crisis and you know <laughs> i know she, and then she sort of went what am i doing spending all this money she she suddenly got upset there are people who can't afford to feed themselves and we're putting up lights uh, so, happy christmas <laughs> i was gonna say justin isn't that a good reason at a christmas party that 
you can pretend you've had too much to drink and actually tell somebody exactly what you think about them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't the rest of the year round. I'm in a position now where I really shouldn't and can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and uh, and on January the 2nd, you'll be going back to work and uh, and have to face them. That's the problem, yeah, isn't it? Indeed. Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> As a self-employed person like me, we don't get an office Christmas party. No. There's no one to go with. So a few years ago, I've got a few friends who are self-employed. So we started the self-employed Christmas party and we'd go out every year <laughs> and invite great. other self-employed people along. So we had made our own office party. That's great. Because we'd never had one before. That's a good idea. Are you going to Mike's for Christmas? Because that's your office Christmas party, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Boxing Day, I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got a great Christmas party this year. I'm going to my mum and dad's. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. Lovely. Yeah. Well, we put those in. Let's bury those then, at last. So thanks, Justin. Lovely. Right, time for some ads, which of course none of the participants of this podcast will have to listen to, because we all get this podcast ad-free through Acast Plus. See you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back. Okay, charge your glasses and let's get on with the party and find out what the next thing for the Christmas time capsule is. Moving on. Moving on to someone else who was on one of our listener time capsule episodes, which is Darren. Right. Okay. Okay. Then, so the thing that I want to put into my uh, is it Christmas time, my time capsule, Christmas time capsule. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy, isn't it? Yeah. It's really going to work. This idea, you know. Yeah. Is and I'm really passionate about this. Is I want to keep this forever, and that is the fear of death. Because Christmas isn't Christmas without the fear of death. But it's a very particular fear of death. It's that of telling ghost stories at this time of year, <laughs> of, which, of which you have done, you know. So yeah. this started off in about 1982, because even though I look about 25, I was actually born in 1971. <laughs> and, and so I missed the first run of the BBC ghost stories at Christmas, because they went between 71, 78-ish. Mm-hmm. But they repeated the signalman in 1982. And no one had told me about it. 
none of my friends at school have said that this is coming up. None of my family had introduced it to me. So it was the first Christmas tradition that was personal to me that I had found. And it just blew me away. And now a Christmas is too wet without one, really. You know, I, mm. I, I need to have that fear brought in at Christmas. And A Christmas Carol is the most perfect ghost story that was that was ever made. And, and that's about the fear of death. You know, when that comes along, am I going to be okay in the afterlife sort of thing? Mm-hmm. But it almost leads me to the thing that I want to bury in my time capsule and never see again. And this is going to uh, upset some people. And that is, I actually want to put the Christmas Carol in there and never see it again because it because it puts the signal and it puts all these other great ghost stories by mr james and and dickens himself Mm -hmm. into second place all the time Uh. and so i would really really like to give them a bit of air and and a bit of an opportunity to you know to to be as embraced as what that particular story was (laughs) it it is the perfect story it is (laughs) don't be good but it kind of every other one is in the shadow yeah of it it's strange that it's the perfect story though isn't it because actually it is it's it's a horrible story yeah. over and over and over again you've done terrible things happen all the way through it it's very sad a lot of loss and regret and then suddenly you get this redemption which is just unbelievably uplifting and, and actually having read it and i do apologize darren but we're gonna once again release it of this reading of a christmas carol that i did one afternoon when i was free in a recording studio and we give it away at christmas and i really struggled to read that when i got towards the end and talking about him you know being a man who did this at this and everything and much much more it says he did this and much much more and i uh, if you listen to it, listen to that very end bit, and you can absolutely hear that I'm talking all the way through it, through floods of tears. I become all blocked up in the nose and everything, and I just can't do it. It's too moving. It's so so beautiful. Yeah, God bless us, everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll put it in the time capsule after we've released it ourselves. <laughs> so we'll wait yeah. till that's done first. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of takes you into a, a a very sort of scary place the night before Christmas, you know, mm. and then you wake up and you realise that oh, actually, that that was just a story. It was, you know, and and uh, it, it's it's a, the redemption bit. Maybe that's what I what I'm actually wanting to keep. It's the fear followed by the redemption. Yeah, absolutely. How brilliant, lovely. Okay, we'll put that in. There we are. And there's there's going to be a new Christmas ghost story as well this year, isn't there? Mark mm. Gatiss has uh, got one on Christmas Eve. He does one every year. Yeah, yeah. I I was chatting with a friend on Saturday night, and we were chatting about Christmas movies. So um, I said, "What about It's a Wonderful Life?" And this fella now is in his forties, and he said, "Never heard tell of it." No. So I said to him, "You've never heard of It's a Wonderful Life?" And he said, "I think you're." Before I was winding him up, he just thought I was having a laugh, but he's never heard tell of it. Amazing. Didn't know anything about it, and I couldn't believe somebody in the forties would have never heard of. It's the nature of things. Uh, In the end, everything fades. He kept saying to me, what about Die Hard? (laughs) (laughs) And then the debate started. Is it a Christmas story or not? Oh, it's definitely a Christmas story. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I can't believe you. That's James Stewart. And he was saying, who's James Stewart? (gasps) No. Didn't have a clue. Jesus. Not a clue. Okay. We're going to now move on to Graham. Graham Cardi. Have you got your Cardi on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's never heard that before. <laughs> uh, Is that one of your dad's jokes? 
It was, yeah, from one of the debriefs that we did, yeah. <laughs> so when I was growing up in, in the northeast, I lived in a mining town, so there was a lot of brass bands about. My dad used to play in a brass band, so the whole of December was was taking up with, with him doing caroling and things like that. On Christmas Eve, all of our friends and family, so my parents, all of the friends, all the people in the brass bands and everything, they used to just go around each other's houses and do caroling. And, and, and it wasn't with the brass band, they would just sing to each other. And they dragged all of us kids with us, and we hated it, <laughs> absolutely hated it. Um, I would have loved it now if, if I'd, I was able to go back. But at the time, we just hated it. So the end of that, and when we got a chance to then go home and like Christmas Eve, the magic of Christmas Eve started after that. It was like the excitement of the caroling finishing <laughs> and then getting back home and watching whatever rubbish was on the telly. Yeah. But, but just that feeling after the carols had finished and we were able to go home and just kind of look forward to mm. however long we were allowed to stay up. So it's just it's just that moment. Yeah. Being released from the thing that your parents wanted to do, suddenly you could do the thing you wanted to do. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And as I said, if, if I could go back, I'd have loved to have actually been more involved in the the caroling part now but obviously at the time as kids we just we hated it yes um, i don't think it was a thing i think it was just getting dragged about rather yeah. than the caroling <laughs> itself but yeah so so after that just getting back home and and christmas eve starting properly it was just mm. that that excitement uh, those things that you'd want to go back to that at the time you thought oh dear mm. my father was a a criminal solicitor uh, i suspect slightly in all senses of the word and he <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> At Christmas, he used to say, right, come on, we're going to visit the clients. And he would go round and visit the people that he'd represented that year, particularly if they ran a business. So we would visit somebody who was a butcher. We'd been charged with grievous bodily harm. We'd visit someone who was a random greengrocers. And then the, the best one was we went to a man who had a warehouse and he supplied Hamleys the toy shop. So he had a warehouse full of toys and we used to turn up there and he'd say, hello, John, you're right, mate. He'd say, oh, hello, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hello, kids. You're right. Yeah, you want to go inside and have a look around, see what you can find, you know, pick yourself a prize. Go on. <laughs> I can't tell you how exciting nice. it was to run around a warehouse full of toys and you were allowed to pick one. Mm. It was impossible to make a choice, you know. Of course. Oh, God, if I could go back to that. The excitement of that was unbelievable. And at the same time, he would come home with a car, with a turkey, with all the sausages, with all the veg and everything. So that was our Christmas Eve. Did, did he get them from the people that had stolen? Yeah, they were all crooks. They were absolutely <laughs> all A whole lot of them were crooks. There was one Christmas, I remember, when a man turned up, knocked on the door, and I just got back from school, and he, he went to me, is this Harry Stevens' ass? And I said, yes, yes, it is, yeah. And he said, yeah. Tom says, thanks very much. And he gave me a set of car keys. And I thought, hmm. So I put them on the, the telephone stand, which everybody had in the hallway at those days. And then my dad came home and he, he came through the door and he said, what the bloody hell is that car on the drive? And I said, oh, a bloke turned up and gave me these keys. He said, they're from Tom. He went, oh, no. And he, he was on the phone immediately. Take the bloody thing away. I cannot have that car. It was a beautiful Jaguar XJS. Brand oh, wow. new. I know. Oh, wow. But it was from a gangster. Mm. <laughs> he said, you can't, you don't take money from gangsters. <laughs> You're in their pocket forever. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm sorry, but I seem to have taken over this podcast. <laughs> 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 Fantastic, though. Yeah, let's go right to the bit where, where they go. 
Hark a herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Right, kids, okay, we're going home. Come on, let's get the telly on. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. We've had another message from Matt, who's had to leave. Oh, shame. He said, I've loved being here, but alas, my children are not playing ball. Oh, that's a shame. shame. The lovely group. I was so pleased to be part of this tonight, even though it was brief and behind a photo in front of Lulworth Cove. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Happy Christmas to you all. God bless us, everyone. Happy Christmas to you, Matt. Sorry we didn't get to speak to you. How are we doing? Are we are we over halfway? <laughs> oh yes, we are. We have three to go. Well done, gang. Well done, everyone. <laughs> so next up, we have. I'm not sure if it's Christian name. How is she? It's not. It's a nickname from school. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole story behind that, but I won't go into it now because we want to finish this before this Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I just say really quickly, guys? Honestly, I'm late to the podcast. I've been listening all year, but. I'm often on my own in the office and you guys keep me company. And I'll often put on Twitter, thank you for keeping me company today. But I actually love being on my own when the other girls aren't there. I think that's it. So I'm going to listen to six episodes. <laughs> It'll be great. And I just wanted to thank you. It's a thrill. I love it. I haven't come across an episode yet where I thought, hmm. Oh, bless you. How lovely. I'm often in tears, though. And luck- so luckily there's not people in the office. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what a lovely thing! Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you so much. Oh no, thank you to you. Um, thank you for this invitation. My goodness. So the minute I got it, the first thing that came into my head—I don't know if you can see this—but it is Jim Reeves' Twelve Songs of Christmas. Ah, yes. So when I was a child in the seventies, my dad would not have a decoration up before the eleventh of December. And we'd be saying, Dad, Maria Sullivan up the road to put her tree up. And he'd say, not before the 11th. We're not putting it up before the 11th. <laughs> so my sister and I'd be like, oh, God. And then come the 11th, we would hear silver bells, uh, silver bells. And Dad would put on that Jim Reeves album. And we just knew that's it. Christmas has started. The tree's going up. Paper decorations are going up. Everything so I listen to it every year. I haven't yet managed to get my kids into it because they're just like, uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or George Michael. Um, but I love it. My mum's gone from us now. My lovely dad is still here. But whenever I put it on, it does bring a tear to my eye. But I love it as well. So there's some fantastic songs in there. So that is what I would put in. Lovely. Uh, lots of memories. Yeah. They do catch you, don't you, those things, though? They do. It's very strange. I know. I, my father every year would play Max Bygrave singing Christmas songs. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. Yeah. Well, my dad lived, my mum and dad were from Waterford in Ireland, and one of his neighbours was Val Doonigan. So he used to listen to a lot of Val. Did he? Yeah. Oh, Delaney had yeah. a donkey that everyone admired. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, there you go. I'm sure you've heard Paddy McGinty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had a rubber doll. He washed it and dried it and then he let it fall. He called to the doctor. The doctor wouldn't come because he had a pimple on his old yellow bum. <laughs> <laughs> People are always twisting the words. There's always help. It's funny, you did one a couple of months ago with Anita Harris, Mike. I did. And it was just loving you. Uh, and that was my mother's. I was born in '68, and she had that out in '67. Yeah. And you, you sung it, the two of you, and I was literally in bits. 
because it just brought back that's the song she sung to us all the time. I can't tell you how exciting that was. I cannot tell you how thrilled I was to be singing that song with Anita Harris. It was just unbelievable that that would happen to me in my life. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's a fantastic thing, isn't it, when just out of the blue something really wonderful happens Mm -hmm. and and you sort of go, well, there we are. Uh, I'm happy now. If I go now, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I yeah. have a quick I have a quick Valdunican story. Yeah. And John will have to edit this one out. Um I wet myself <laughs> while I was sat on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> so he he was he was he was sat in a rocking chair outside one of his concerts down in Cornwall. Ten years ago this was. <laughs> and I was sat on his lap and we were rocking backwards and forwards and I wet myself and um, I, I was two years old at the time to, to be fair maybe, maybe even younger mm. and he said to my mum what's your son's favourite song and he said well it's Pinky and Perky singing Tie the Yellow Ribbon around the old oak tree <laughs> So he's in. He's doing this concert in these very light-coloured trousers, and he's he's spending most of it behind the microphone stand because obviously there's now a stain on his trousers caused by me, <laughs> and apparently. And he said, "This one's for Darren." And he sung "Tidy Yellow Ribbon" round the old oh. oh. even though I'd urinated on it. He still, <laughs> he, he still sang a song to me. Real sign of fantastic. Intent. That's brilliant, John. You can't edit that out. What you have to do is remember that Darren said something about being twenty-five <laughs> earlier in, the <laughs> and then edit twenty-five. I was only twenty-five at the time. We'll cut that in. Podcast gold. That's it. That's the bit we're going. To put out as a trailer <laughs> <laughs> fantastic lovely uh, thank you very much Kaoshi. and then we were going to move on to adam adam henley okay i'm gonna have to stand up for this one because uh it's is he gonna do a dance I, i'm not gonna do a dance <laughs> it is a physical item so a bit like graham and also andre it is a brass band item again Great. Great. And uh in in 1986 my dad was a member of a Salvation army band and in 1986, they got contacted in the mid in the summer saying, we'd really like to record an album with you. And they, they got permission. They said, yeah, okay. So they, they traipsed up to Abbey Road and did a couple of days of recording at Abbey Road. And it was, it was fun enough, you know, the chance to record at Abbey Road was, was phenomenal. Mm. But then, uh, because it was Christmas album, as Christmas approached, the artist in question decided they wanted to release a single and see if they get some TV time and airplay time. I'm going to let you guess the artist. Uh, was it Paul McCartney? It was not. Ah, okay. Um, was it was it uh, Terry Wogan? Uh, it was not. No, uh, no. Uh, mid eighties. Mid eighties. Was it Bowie? No, I, I wish, sadly, no, sadly, no, no. Anything I say now is going to be a downhill after Bowie. But no, no. They were certainly known in the 80s and they were still going till about five, six years ago. Okay, you're going to have to tell us. Okay, I'm, I'm going to show you. Hopefully this, this works. Oh, oh, and uh, we can have to say that it's Chaz and Dave because not everybody can see the picture. Yeah, for those who can't see the picture, it's Chaz and Dave's Christmas Carol album. It's a signed LP, 21 traditional Christmas carols performed with a Cambridge Heath band of the Salvation Army. 
They released a single called Long, Long Ago. It didn't chart. I'm not going to pretend it charted. But as part of this, they also went on TV. So a few years ago now, I had a video turned into a DVD. And I gave it to my sister and my mother for a Christmas present because dad died 10 years afterwards. So dad's been gone now 25 years. Right. And so they went on the, here's one for the kids, the Pamela Armstrong show. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, they were on Des O'Connor Live. Wow. They also did another TV show, a Chaz and Dave show. And also the band went with them to White Hart Lane and played on the pitch at Christmas. So that Brilliant. Christmas in 1986, as a 13-year-old, was genuinely one of the funnest moments I've ever known. Mm. And they were absolutely lovely fellas. And I got to meet Chaz about a year before he passed away. And I, I mentioned it to him and he, he was still quoting the, some of the stories from that time. How fantastic. It's just an absolute lovely memory. And you've got the video of it. You've got the video of your dad actually playing it. I've got the video. I've got got it on DVD. Yes, fantastic. It's it's my own time capsule of mm. of of that era. Yeah, but it was a lovely moment, and it's a childhood memory. But I, but money can't buy. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it, to see people in their pomp, as it were, and sort of as you remember them, really, and you have this moving image of them. Yeah, my dad defended Christine Keeler, amazingly. And uh, every now and again, there'll be something about Christine Keeler and a newsreel will come up and I'll see my dad walking into the old Bailey behind her and go, oh, there he is. <laughs> and it's, it's really, it's really thrilling, isn't it? it is. To see them alive again, as it were. Yeah. Amazing. Can I just ask Adam something? Sorry, Mike. I won't, won't be No, fine. please do. Adam, were you on the Slimming Well podcast? I was. I I cannot believe you're on this because I actually messaged you after I heard that because I cried my eyes out. Your story is amazing. So I can't believe I'm seeing you on this. Oh, well, That's so weird, the kind of circle of... There you go. When I said I was I was at a group, I was actually at a Slim World group tonight talking to them about mindset, etc. If you look closely behind me, you can yeah. see my... Yeah, yeah. That's my weight loss certificates. Wow. Honestly, your story is so inspiring, so moving. It's a thrill to see you on this. I'm doubly thrilled now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> see Mike, John and you. Apologies for making you cry, but uh, not I, at I, all. Not at all. Yes, no. I, I, <laughs> for the purposes of the tape, Mike, I've lost over half my body weight. I've lost nearly twenty stone. Amazing. That's amazing. Wow. So, Justin, you've been through a similar thing, haven't you? Uh, yeah, not that much. I did thirteen and a half. Thirteen wow. and a half. Wow. Well done. Extraordinary <laughs> no, people. Absolutely. It's amazing. What, what a thing to do. What was that? Uh, what was that podcast called? Oh, it's the Slimming World one. Yeah. So. I'll see if I can find it, and I'll put a link to it. Every other week. It's on general release wherever you get your podcasts. So it was from August. They released it for my 50th birthday. Fantastic. Oh, great. I had my first ever birthday party, which makes me sound really sad, but it was uh, half the century for half the man. Ah. Mm. Amazing. Lovely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll put a link to that episode in the description of this. Yeah. Thank you. Always good to make people cry at Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, we, we're nearly there, John, aren't we? We do. We have just one more to go. Thank you very much, Adam. And our last person is Lorna. Lovely. Whereabouts are you, Lorna? I'm on the New Hampshire seacoast on the northeast of the United States. 
Yeah, oh, so it's just about 4.20 in the afternoon with me. Excellent. I bunked off work a couple of hours early. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. We're just going to put this out internationally. Don't I was going to say, my, my boss hears this, I'm fired. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have to say to everybody, you can't release this in New Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, How long have you been there, Lorna? Oh, a long time. 17 years, Mike. Yeah. There's a very slight American accent. Not a lot. I don't know if it's an accent. I think I speak a lot slower than I would normally do when I'm at home. It's funny, my, my husband's an American. Mm-hmm. And when I go home to Scotland and, you know, meet up with my family, you know, <laughs> Glaswegians, we sound like we're shouting at you. We're really not. Honestly, we're not. <laughs> I, I come back and my poor husband, he's like, say that again? Yeah. <laughs> and we've been married a long time, so... <laughs> so what are you going to give us to put into the time capsule as our final item? I would like to put in the 12-inch single of the original Band-Aid Do They Know It's Christmas from 1984. Ah, how wonderful. Because in, in 1984, I was 10. You can do the maths. Mm-hmm. And I got my first proper grown-up hi-fi system. And I spent the entire day playing DJ, which essentially meant playing that song over and over and over again. But my parents are both gone now, but um, my parents' house at that time was Party Central HQ for Christmas. We were shoehorning relatives in. (laughs) My father was one of seven, my mother was one of three, so there's millions of us. So they're all shoehorned into the house and they're all caterwauling along to the chorus. You all know how it goes. And I just remember that being a really, really fun day. And it was something of a, a foreshadowing for what I do now because I spend an awful lot of time sitting in darkened rooms playing music, essentially talking to myself. I have a radio show. so Oh, how fantastic. So, but yes. Do you get to choose the music yourself or do you have to? I do, yes. Wow. Yes, it's, uh, it's all mine. It's That's all the mine. best thing, isn't it? It's Just magic. Sitting down creating your own party. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah, what's it's what's the radio station? Um, I've been working with a New Hampshire station, NH Soundwaves, but uh, come the new year, my little radio show is going transatlantic. I'm thrilled <laughs> to be joining my friends at Celtic Music Radio in Glasgow. They're going to syndicate wow. the show, so I'm delighted. Fantastic. An international DJ we have on, ladies and gentlemen. To take the show <laughs> home, I'm delighted. Yeah, thrilled. <laughs> I bet. I Absolutely bet. thrilled, yeah. I have a similar memory. We came back from Australia and that song had just been released. It'd been number one at Christmas. And Mm. we came back in sort of uh, mid-January. And it was the only record that I had, really. And, of course, John and his older sister, John was only, I think, a year and a half old or something. And they used to wake up because of jet lag in the middle of the night. And I was the person who was told, you get up. So two o'clock in the morning, I would get up and they would say, well, Hannah said, put some music on, let's dance. So two o'clock in the morning, absolutely exhausted, I put that song on and we played it again over and over and over again and sang. And John just jumped around the room and Hannah sang along, eventually learnt it. Oh, you'd have fit in just fine at our family party yeah. then, John and then, Mike, because there was millions of us and we were all doing the same thing. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, that's everybody's time capsule items. Thank you very, very much. It was really fabulous. Thank you very much, everybody. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you you for putting it on. It's been fascinating, really fascinating to listen to. Thank you very much for the invite. Yeah, Yeah, thank you very much. No, no, thank you you for the support. I can't tell you how grateful we are. It's been a joy. It gives you a real sense that the podcast is, is doing something.
Particularly in the early days, my, you guys were the sanity preservers, quite frankly, because, I mean, Absolutely. you guys started started right in the beginning of the pandemic. And mm. I found it quite difficult. I couldn't get home, obviously. Mm. You know, yeah. I'm stuck on the wrong side of the Atlantic from my family, a lot of them. Same here. And I was ridiculously homesick, just ridiculously homesick. So to be able to listen to something with celebrities that I knew from growing up or whatever was a huge comfort you know no no exaggeration oh, huge comfort yeah oh that's fantastic I, I have a feeling in a way that that as listeners you've made it what it is do you know what I mean and people always say oh you you're very good listener and you do I, I think that actually I I get the tone of what people like from the way they react to it and I think that actually it's become this thing this gentler thing that it could have been, but I find doing it that it just it lulls me in as well. It, it drags me into this this comfortable world, this safe world, because in fact you're sort of remembering things that you love, and that can't help but make you feel good. I think absolutely. So it's not designed; it's a coincidence, and yet I'm really amazed that it's it's worked the way it has. So it's it's fantastic. Thank you for listening. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you very much. But there we are. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a lovely Christmas. Thanks, John. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, have a lovely Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. All together. I wet myself again. You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my lovely guest from ACAST Plus. A huge thanks to all the dear people who came to our party. Nice lot, weren't they? We will almost certainly make this an annual event, so if you'd like an invite, then do subscribe to ACAST Plus, and we'll send you one next year. You'll also get no ads and a weekly bonus episode, My Time Capsule, The Debrief. Me and John are on social media, and the theme tune is on Spotify. Do subscribe, and maybe even rate or review this podcast if you've enjoyed it. We'll have lots of new guests for you in the new year, so see you then. This was a cast-off production for Acast, produced by John Fenton-Stevens. Have a lovely Christmas, and in the words of next year's number one... Merry, 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 merry Christmas. It's a happy time of year. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Let's spread some Christmas cheer. Oh, merry, 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 merry Christmas. Santa's on his way. He'll chuckle loudly as he loads the toys upon his sleigh. It's time that every child just wants to make a wish. And mums and dads are keen to pile some food upon their dish. There'll be lots of presents for every girl and boy. So let's all do our best to try and spread some Christmas joy. Oh, merry, 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 merry Christmas. Here's sending love to you. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. May all your dreams come true. Oh, merry, 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 merry Christmas. I hope you like this song. And thanks for taking the time to listen to Mike and his son, John. It's going to be number one, I bet you. Hey, Happy New Year. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.